Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm so happy that you're joining us today. We have a very special guest with us. She's an amazing practitioner and talking with her really brought up some thoughts and feelings that I was having. And um, I think they're shared with a lot of our listeners. Many of our listeners are moms who also have jobs and work and then also have this really challenging yoga practice that they try to do. And so many of my students and clients, coaching clients over the years have come to me really struggling to find the balance between how can I have this job that I'm doing that I need to provide for my family and also still spend quality time with my kids and not leave them on, you know, their devices all the time and also still create time for this yoga practice and have a good relationship. And it's difficult to find the balance between all these different pulls on us. And so whether you've heard of mom guilt or not, have experienced it intimately, as I think most of us mothers have, um, you know, it's always this feeling of not doing enough as a parent, not being enough as a parent, um, you know, maybe not making the right decisions for your kids, messing up, um, you know, wanting everything to be kind of perfect for them and um, not necessarily being able to ensure that that's going to happen. And so we have a shining example today of someone who I think is going to be very inspirational for you to listen to and meet. She's a mom with seven children who is, like many of you, a super high achiever, um, attaining a law degree and then also becoming an ambassador for her country, Costa Rica and India, uh, for India. And um, also an advanced Ashtanga yoga practitioner on top of it all, uh, who was teaching yoga for a while before becoming an ambassador and having that opportunity. Um, She's really done it all. And although she's had a lot of help along the way, which is been extremely beneficial for her, she also has had to give up a lot as well and and now is also struggling with trying to do the best things for her children make the best decisions and um stay connected with them and so her story is a little bit heartbreaking but it's also a story of great strength and courage um, and determination as a woman uh, she's an inspiring role model to uh, women of all types, showing that you can, you know, be a great mother, you can raise um, a wonderful family, and you can still follow your dharma, and the practice is here to sustain you, to give you energy, to help you in all all of your endeavors to create more balance and it shouldn't be something that's uh, taking away from your experience as a parent Um, it should be something that is adding to your experience as a parent and adding to your life 
you know, making you a better um, employee or a better entrepreneur or a better yoga teacher, better uh, sister, brother, family member, you know, it's here to support us um, through good times, but also through troubling times as well. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Mariella Cruz. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm Harmony, and I'm here today with Russell Case. Well, hello, everyone. And we are joined by a very special guest, Mariella Cruz. Hi, Mariella. How are you doing? Hi, both of you. So happy to see you and love from India. I'm super happy and excited to be here with you today. You can really hear India in the background. It's amazing. It's the it's the high time of the evening, right? The latte yes, time. Yes, it is, and everybody's riding home, and it's <laughs> raining like crazy. And yeah, it's always exciting and intense. Wow, is it flooding yet, or no? Well, yes. You know, yesterday the, the streets were completely flooded, and I was in the car, and we had to take like so many turns to come back home. It was just like. <laughs> India is always mesmerizing. Yes, it is. It is. You have a very strong passion and fascination for India too, don't you? I think we all have with this yoga. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really missing you all here in India all by myself. (laughs) Yeah, you're alone. (laughs) Kind of. The days to be back in Mysore, but it's all good. It's, It's so much, you know, so much... Wow, realizations in this past year, isn't it? Yeah, so much has gone on. But you're not in Mysore right now. You're in New Delhi, right? Yes, yes. And I can't wait to go back to Mysore because after the long lockdown that we just had, you know, it's like I really miss Mysore. I just like to go and and just be there, you know, with the air and the palm trees and and being close Mm -hmm. to Sharadis. And yeah, it's one day at a time. Yeah. You know, I, I have a little introduction for you if some of uh, our listeners don't know you. I mean, we, we know you well, of course, but um, i just like to say this for them, uh, if you don't mind. This is uh, Mariela Cruz, uh, everyone, uh, who is most of all, as she describes herself, uh, a mother of seven children, a musician, and an Ashtangini, which I'd never heard that word before. <laughs> before, before yoga, she was an environmental lawyer in Costa Rica who gave up her ideals, you said, to save the rainforest and found her dharma in uh, Mysore, India. But most recently in New Delhi as the, as the Costa Rican ambassador to India, which I think is amazing, and there you are now still in New Delhi. It's crazy how, you know, when, when you you start understanding that it's all about karma and dharma and <laughs> start listening and, and things happen. And I think that's what Guruji was speaking about when he said that all is coming beyond mm. our wildest expectations. <laughs> Yeah, you don't know what's coming for you, do you? <laughs> oh my God, I, I don't think we ever know. I think we have the illusion of control. At least that that was my case. Yeah. But now it's 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 really like living in gratitude, even though you know life has these hard tasks that we need to uh, perform and and understand, and and ultimately uh, we find ourselves we are in the 
best spot ever. <laughs> That's the yoga. <laughs> yes. I think for, for one thing that we can be sure is that she will have an enormous number of grandchildren. <laughs> that's, maybe that's what's coming all is coming we don't know yeah like 24 <laughs> grandchildren <are coming>. maybe <laughs> uh, well, I, I remember Guruji wanted us all to get married <laughs> yes yeah, yes true. and have many children series, yes <laughs> it's a funny thing though how do you how do you figure this that it seemed like he really wanted us to keep coming to Mysore mm -hmm. and to practice and to practice, but he also really wanted us to have children. Uh -huh. And for many of us, it seemed like the numbers would, as we had children, the numbers would dwindle <laughs> of who could actually come back or not. And exactly. so how, how can we do both of these things? Well, it, it's, it's been a juggling for me, I have to say it, because, mm. you know, when, when I started Ashtanga, I, I never thought I would even come to India. I just love the, the intensity of the practice. And it was actually uh, a friend from Ohio who came down to Costa Rica to a, a normal teacher training. Hmm. And I met Rebecca and she was practicing the third series in, in those times. And I was just saying, wow, she looks so beautiful. She looks like a bird. You know, I remember mm -hmm. her rug and her cotton rug. And, and then she says, Patavi Joyce, Patavi Joyce, you have to go, you have to go. And I go like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Mysore, Mysore. And the interesting thing is that she never came to India. She, she was my went. messenger. Yes, she was my messenger. She just wow. came to Costa Rica. She was traveling for the first time from the U.S. And from she Ohio. gave me the message, yes, and, and never. It, it was so miraculous how things happened. Well, yeah. what, where did her excitement for Patabi Joyce come from? Had she met him on tour? Well, she was studying in, in Cincinnati where she used to live with a teacher who had, I think, met uh, Guruji. Mm -hmm. they, they had this, um, I don't know if you remember, it was like this rocket series and the rocket oh. had derived from Guruji and, you know, the so she Larry was like, Schultz, yeah. uh -huh, uh -huh, yeah. exactly. So I think this, that teacher had studied with Larry in San Francisco. That's yeah. and somehow the, the name, but. Yeah, it was like, it was a total miracle because remember in those times, it was 2000, there was no internet. So there no. was no way anyone could tell me, me in the jungle of Costa Rica, like there's a teacher in the south of India. <laughs> like, what are the chances? That's incredible. So when she told you this, did it, it planted a seed for you, did it? Did you think maybe I'll yeah. go one day? It did plant it as it, but in those times, you know, I still had the lawyer in mind. So I was saying, no, India, no way. I don't want to go to India. It's too far. It's too dirty. I may get sick. I may get lost. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I wanted to go to California and study with Tim Miller and, you know, go to New York and Miami. And, <laughs> but then a friend of mine from the U.S., he said, you know, let's go to India. I was there and you would love it. And I was like, really? <laughs> So I came with him the first time and I completely fell in love. I just went out of the plane and smelled the air mm. and something in my heart just like, ah, oh. yeah, remember. Mm. Well, gosh, you, you really, 
I, I think it will surprise some of our listeners that you're you're a lawyer as well. I, I, I there's just so much about you that's so fascinating. It's that you've done, mm-hmm. and I'd like to kind of just dig into it a little bit, if you don't mind. Of course. I, I'm I'm not even sure where to start. I read an interview with you that said that you were going to be a professional solo pianist and that it's seven years old. That's what you wanted to do. Is that, is that correct? <laughs> well, what happened is that uh, I was very hyperactive as a little kid. So my mother had to find a way to just like discipline my energy. <laughs> so she took me to dance. She took me to, and finally piano just clicked. And so I would sit in my piano since I was, yeah, since I was seven for three, four hours a day. Oh, my goodness. I did it until I was 25, you know, and I wanted to be a conservatory, uh, you know, like pianist. That was my training. But at the end, you know, my father said, well, we need a lawyer in the home. And, you know, I was very young. And I said, uh, okay. Why, why, why do we need a lawyer in the home? I, I had no idea. Was, I was too young. I, was, I should have said, I want my piano, please. When, <laughs> he, had my, your, he had your future in mind. He my, was a good father. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. My parents could really have used a lawyer. But your, were your parents, did they need a lawyer? Or did they want you to have like a... Like, do they do they have good legal concerns, or do they want you to have like a proper life you or something? Know, my, my family is a family of engineers, so they're very like you know mathematicians, and mm. like, so somebody needed to be in the social studies. But I never liked it. It's like I always wanted to be a musician, mm. so I did it, and I really tried to be a good lawyer. You know, I got three masters in law, <laughs> trying to find something that really like. You know, will fulfill my heart. But were you doing that the same time that you were also at the piano every day? Like you said, until 25, you were practicing yes, like that. So I did it like for five years, you know, in parallel, plus wow. the babies, because I got married very young. Well, how, um, how young is that? At 20. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah. how I, young. I, I wanted to get married at that time. Uh, <laughs> Two-year-olds I was, do crazy things. Yeah, I was, I was, I was fully engaged. I was going to uh, get married yeah. to a, a Polish girl in Chicago, um, which <clears throat> would have been a horrific mistake. But um, <laughs> you had, So you were... Um, you're playing music like this. You're studying mm-hmm. law, and you have two children and, and two, babies. two babies. How exactly. is that even? Did you then piano had to be put to one side because you had children? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, that's rough. It, it was a, it was a huge loss for me. And I, you know, I have my I had my piano in Costa Rica, of course. I don't have it here. I'm missing it so much because my brain grew up with music. Mm. So that's what really caught me about Ashtanga, because I could feel my body was like an instrument playing this music. And that's why I completely fell head over heels. I remember once a friend said, you know, come practice yoga with me. And I was like, no, yoga is boring. Yoga is for all people. I'm into <laughs> yoga. That's true. <laughs> and then I, you know, I feel this Ashtanga in my body and I go, my God. God, what is this? This is like pure magic. <laughs> mm, yeah. Wow. Have you ever taken up the harmonium at all in India? You know, I bought a beautiful harmonium in Mysore, and now it's in Costa Rica in the hands of a very uh, 
lovely friend of mine who is a musician. I gave it to him before coming back. But my 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 in 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 piano, I'm a classical pianist, so I right. have you know Beethoven, Bach, Chopin, all the classics. Yes. That's my passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the harmonium's a little bit different. It's sort of like an accordion piano. Exactly, it's it's different. Even though the chanting is is lovely, something I yeah. never explore until now with the mantras. And, but yeah, well, music is 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 what caught me up with the shang. Well, and did, were your parents, they're engineers and mathematicians, maybe they were also musicians as well, or, or is it something quite different for them that you were interested? Well, my mom is, is, she was a teacher and she was very eclectic, you know, because Costa Rica was a very Catholic country mm. and yet she was reading like Wayne Dyer and, and then she started going to oh. yoga and then she started taking me with her to her yoga classes when I was oh, very wow. little. You you mentioned that you mentioned that you'd always had a sort of natural inclination to a, a spiritual practice. Like mm. you, you would read books on Joan of Arc and and be very inspired by her. Yeah, and that book my mother gave it to me. Yes, so it yeah. was like it was definitely a, a, a soul connection with my mother. And then she went, you know, into the masons, and and then she went, you know, she was good going to ashrams, and she was searching a lot. So yeah. I had that great uh, example, and that's how yoga uh, came into my life really, really early. And, and I started practicing when I was very young. What kind of practice would you do then when you were eight, I think you said? Yeah, well, I remember the teachers used to like wear these leotards, like full-body leotards. <laughs> yeah, they were, that was my main attraction to yoga, actually. That's how I started, yeah. It was very incredible. And it was a teacher from Peru that was living in Costa Rica. Uh-huh. And she was a master of the great fraternity and, you know, like this this lineage that I had no idea. But her voice was very soothing. That's what mm-hmm. I remember. And I was the only kid in the kingdom. It was only women and me. Yeah. <laughs> That's why yeah. you thought it was for old ladies, yeah. too. Yes, <laughs> but, it, but no, that was the same for me. It was women and me. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I also... My experience at that time. <laughs> wow. When you said the great fraternity, uh, I'm not sure I caught that reference. What did you mean by great fraternity? It was this teacher. It was called something, Renaud de la Ferie, something like that. I don't know who he was, but I remember his picture, you know, because there was like a, it was like a movement that was in all Latin America. Uh-huh. And it was like the old style, you know, yoga that they were all wearing, like men were all wearing black and uh, white, and then they would go yeah. shower and then come and do the asana and then go shower again. And like, it was, it was very, very interesting. Now that I, I look back, I go, wow, it <laughs> was pretty progressive for a Catholic country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And has your family, are they from Costa Rica? They've been there for a long time? Yes, yes, yes. For yes, generations. Yes, for generations, yes. We're, yeah. we're an interesting mixture in Costa Rica because the Spanish came and, and there was an, an indigenous population. So we're all a mixture of Spanish blood and indigenous blood. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's quite interesting. We are very, even though in Latin America we are different because uh, we have no army and... Uh, all the army money is used for education and huh? and social really? security. 
Yes, so that's what makes <laughs> it sounds like a beautiful place to live. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. you should always is the best nature nature in the world. It's so wow. But it's I don't so understand good. how you can live without like an armed paramilitary group around you all the time, like we have in the United States. Like we, we have you. Yeah. yeah, especially now with Nicaragua in the north, you know, it's scary, and Venezuela and Cuba, and like, yeah. It's... Mm. Is it scary? Is it scary to think to uh, to have um, uh, armed countries around you? Well, you know, we grow up in a culture that is not geared towards armament or, or weapons yeah. or any of that. It's, so it's, it's very interesting. Like when I came to India, you know, for the ambassadorship, it was like, it's shocking. Nobody believed me. What? You don't have an army? Are you crazy? Well, you don't have Pakistan on top of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, we grew up uh, believing like peace is the way. It's, it's, it's really interesting. And then our kids don't have to go to army. And, like, and then yeah. you go out into the world and you realize, wow, that's, that was precious. That's very uh, rare. Are we about the same age, Ms. Cruz? Are we like late 40s? Is that where we are? Yes. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. So when I was when I was a kid, it was everybody was talking about, you know, and scared about uh the Iran Contras and uh-huh. you know, Reagan is uh-huh. is is uh selling you know, selling missiles to Iran to pay for the Contras and then using that to free mm-hmm. hostages and things like that. All really, mm-hmm. really messy. Is Was that something that affected you as a child? Was that something in the air? Yeah, it was in the air, but I was very young. You know? mm-hmm. I remember, you know, but uh, now it's really serious. Now what's happening in Nicaragua, I have a lot of friends there because I've taught there several times and and now it's gotten to the point of, of a dictatorship, yeah. Oh, has it? Oh, yeah. It's, oh. it's pretty And pretty that heavy. was probably all funded by the CIA then. Wow, that's a good question for you. <laughs> we can have so one of our so audience. crazy. We should have one of our audience members call in and yeah, let us know. Yeah, then let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Anonymously. Yeah. <laughs> So it, you kind of raised in this paradise and then you're, you're, mm-hmm. you have a couple of children and you're, uh, you're studying law. Yeah. And then what kind of law did you decide to, to study and what did you then do as a, as a kind of career there? Well, first uh, I became like a, a, a regular lawyer, but then I really felt that I, I needed to, to, to research more because I, I was not happy just to be in court fighting. And it was like, it was not fulfilling me. So I uh, got a scholarship to go study in Italy, which was very, very cool. And I studied in Rome for one year and I did research on Roman law. And and that really uplifted my, you know, my relationship with law. Mm. Then I came back to Costa Rica and uh, starting my master's in environmental law, which also really like, uh, I really like because it was about protecting our nature, which in Costa Rica is so, so beautiful. It's just like mesmerizing. Mm. But then I came to India. And when I came to India, I I felt something in my soul, something in my soul shifted. Wait, you were so, still a lawyer when you had your first trip. 
Yes, of course. I was a lawyer. I was working in an environmental firm and it was very cool because we used to go work in jeans and, you know, in crocs and take planes to the jungle and, you know, rivers and forests. And it was very like uh, relaxed. It was not like a firm, you know, like I'd been before. Mm. But um, as soon as I came to India, it it's just something started transforming inside of me. And I had no idea, no clue that I was going to be, you know, having a studio or anything. I was just, you know, working as a lawyer. And and then uh, my father said, you know, uh, I want to give you this house, which was the house where I grew up. And, and you take it now and you remodel it and whatever, and you move there. And, and that's, that's what I did. So when I remodeled the home, I built a really huge meditation room. Hmm. But I was not thinking about opening a studio, not at all. It was just a meditation room for my family, for my children. And it had a beautiful wood floor. And and, and as soon as I met uh, Guruji and Sharat, and I went back to Costa Rica, all my friends started asking me, please teach us. Wow. <laughs> wow. And that's how the studio was born. It was not that I planned for it or anything. It's just they would come to my to my living room. <laughs> yeah. Now, by the time you met Guruji, I think, did you have four children at that time? Yes, I already had four uh, children from my first marriage. And, and so when you went to India, was the marriage breaking down already the marriage was already broken yeah Yeah. i was was married to uh to a lovely man i I really you know till the date i love him so much it's just like our 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 karmas were like in different direction let's say that Mm. and coming to india he also loves india he's been to india so many times he actually had like a a furniture store in, in rajasthan and he was importing furniture and then, so he also has this this palette for, wow. for India it, it's mm. amazing how how all our souls are intertwined yeah and my, mm. my four children from that marriage they have all been to India and they they all know the practice and you know it's 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 so interesting how how children are born mm. into homes that have this uh you know this these intentions in life, it's, it's so, so mysterious. Well, I'm also quite mystified, like how, as an environmental lawyer with four children, and, and then you suddenly say, I'm, you met Rebecca, you're doing some Ashtanga Yoga, and I said, I have to go to India. How do you make that decision? Well, my friend came in, my friend said, come, come with me, we should go to <laughs> to Poon in with Osho Ashram and you will love it and <laughs> and we went there and I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, no. I was like, this is not my thing. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, oh my God, Rebecca told me about this teacher in Mysore. Mysore, where is Mysore in the map? Because <laughs> we had those lonely planets like mm-hmm. no Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, that's how we were like, traveling was, by train. Was Batapi Joyce in the Lonely Planet Guide? I think he was, yeah. I think he was. I think he was. Now that you mention it, yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. It was quite something, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, very, very miraculous. I, I felt the pull of the, yeah. of the guru, you know, like that, that weight, that gravitational pull. It was like, no, no, this is not my thing. I have to go to my son. 
And how much time did you have in India on that first trip? And... I think that was my second trip. When, okay. Because the first trip, I remember, uh, I arrived in India, and eight days later, I had to go back to Costa Rica because one of my children got sick. Oh, oh yeah. No. yeah. So I was crying. I was saying, no way, I will never come back. What is this? This is hmm. crazy. I came all the way. And, but I had to go back. I mean, I could not. I just suspended the trip. Mm-hmm. And then on the second trip was when I failed the pool to go to Mysore. <laughs> Oh. But it was very interesting because I go to, uh, yeah, Gokulam, Gokulam. So, yes, but Tavi Joe, they had just shipped it from mm-hmm. Lakshmipuram. Right, 2003. Uh-huh. So I just go and knock the door <laughs> like that. <you> know? yeah. <laughs> there was no Prakash, there was nothing. We just knocked the door. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I and, did, and Saraswati yeah. answered, and, and said, "Yeah, no, you come and stay." Davi Joyce himself opened the oh, door, oh, and I was oh. like, oh. "And he was in his t-shirt," and he said, "You come up." And so we we went wow. up to the terrace. Yeah, and he then invited we, you we, up. Yes, wow. <laughs> it was so real. <laughs> yeah, and then we're sitting there with him, all in silence. But I was just like completely like. What is going on? And Sarasati <laughs> was doing the laundry, and you know, there were some children there. I think it was Sharmila's kids. But yeah. I was there, like, smiling at us. <laughs> and then I go, uh, uh, Guruji, I want to practice. And he goes, Okay, okay, you come three o'clock, speak to Sharat. <laughs> really? He didn't yeah. say anything like, Did you write a letter? No. Did you? He didn't say anything nothing. like, He just liked you. He said, Yeah, yeah, you come. Of he just said, yeah. You come three o'clock, speak to Sharat. So we wow. go back at three o'clock, and there's Sharad, thirty-year-old Sharad, and he <laughs> says, "Yeah, yeah, sure, you can stay, but you need to stay one month." Mm-hmm. And wow. I go, "No, Sharad, I cannot stay one month. I have children. I have only one week, and then I have to go back to my kids and the school." And, and so he said, "Okay, so you cannot stay." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course not. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Very. Yeah straight so again going back to Costa Rica and crying and saying oh my god this is definitely not for me <laughs> what oh, is going incredible. on you know I, I met the gurus and then I have to what is happening and I was really devastated I was saying you know I should have never become a mother this is not working <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's serious wow. I don't but I, I'm sorry I don't even understand like it how hard is it to just leave the country with four children in Costa Rica? I mean, that itself <laughs> seems just like to, a feat. Like, I don't even know how a woman can go to a grocery store <laughs> and leave her children at home. Like, how do you, how did that, how, how did that happen? Well, you know, the thing Costa Rica is like, it's like, in, it was, it used to be like in India, you know, you have a lot of family support. My parents mm-hmm. were very supportive. And I also had nannies. Because yeah. I, my, oh. my children grew up with nannies that were there with us for 25 years. Wow. I mean, they become part of the family. They're just yeah. like, you know, it's like they're like grannies, like aunts. like. So that, that's very special. That's something that now mm-hmm. is becoming rare. Yeah. But, but in those times, that was 30 years ago, it was just very normal, you know, just to be. So, yeah, I had a lot of support, and, and I think that was also God sent, because, you know, mm-hmm. how in the world, I mean, how far is Costa Rica from India? It's absolutely in the <laughs> other side of the world. Yes. 
It was super expensive and it was really crazy, you know, so many planes and stops. And so I said, you know, okay, this is not for me. That's it. Because, you know, he said no. So, and yeah. two months yeah, later, yeah. two <laughs> months later, something happened and then the money was there. Wow. And I say, okay, now the third time it should happen in the third time. If it doesn't happen on the third time, that's it. Now I understand the message. <laughs> what kind of, how, how did the money get there? Was that from from the separation or just like a... No, no, no. Something sold or uh, there was some money that came unexpectedly. I remember okay. that I was really like, surprised and saying, hmm, this is, someone is calling me here. This was yeah. not planned. Wow. And, and, and the first time that I went into that room was like, so crazy because, you know, I, I knew the series a little bit from Rebecca, but I did not know the transitions. Okay, but this this third time, did the children mm. come with you? You're going to go for a no, month? What no, did you no. do? What did no, you plan no, for? No, I went by myself. I went for you a went month only. I, I would always go only. for a month. And this was 2004 now, the very next year? No, this was 2003. Okay, they still. They just is, opened the, this the is, new shallow. So this is the same year you went back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you went for a month. The nannies are taking care of her children. Yes. And then you went back to India to, to yes. Rokulam and one month. One month only. And he would always say, one month only? i say, yes, Guruji, one month only. <laughs> children, children. Okay, okay. He would go, okay. Yeah. yeah. They always wanted me to stay longer and. Yeah, I could never stay longer. The only time that I could stay for two months was last 2019. Mm. First time in my life because I was always running. And you know how it is. It was like one week that you were super jet lagged. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks of practice. And then last week, you just like go by. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It goes so quickly one month there. So fast. Do I have it right? Have you? Did you? You're an advanced practitioner. You finished advanced, I think. I finished the third one in yes, November two thousand nineteen. You did that. <laughs> you did that in like in like seventeen trips of one month. Mm-hmm. With with three <laughs> pregnancies in between. Yes, three yeah. pregnancies in wait, wait, between. Wait, wait, wait. How many children? <laughs> Three more come. Three more yeah, coming. Because so, three more were coming. All is coming. <laughs> Can you maybe you could help us? Because it seems like not only are you just incredibly intelligent and accomplished, <laughs> very talented, but it seems like maybe you're also just really good at making babies. <laughs> well, I have to assure you, the the three little ones were not in my plans. That has, that that was like Krishna's plan because I was already um you know, I was getting freer and freer because my 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 youngest was eight when yeah. I really started taking it seriously, coming every year, mm-hmm. and I was feeling so happy and my body was really responding and I, you know I was moving in the series, really enjoying. And how how beautiful my sort the community, the friends, and everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, then love comes and and then you stop thinking. <laughs> That's my yeah. only explanation. But yeah, I was not I planning to have any more kids. The thing is that I married a man who was younger than me, and he wanted one baby. One baby, yeah, that's one. Enough. And yeah. I said, okay, one, and that's it, because you know I, I want to recover my practice. And and then when the baby was born, and I could see my first four babe, 
kids that were already growing and teenagers and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at that little baby there all by himself. And I said, oh, my God, this baby needs a little brother or sister because (laughs) it's too much time in between generations. It was 10 years in between. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that was my... That was my responsibility. <laughs> your, your second husband, he was also from Costa Rica. Yes. Okay. Costa and Rica. very much in love. He was much younger than you. And now, and now like uh, two more babies just to, just to, so they have some friends. And, okay. and he actually came to Mysore four times with me because then we started really like, you know, teaching the Mysore classes and, and he mm-hmm. was a physical therapist. So he was very knowledgeable in all these you know, body issues, and, and so he was super helpful. And he's, mm-hmm. he practiced with Saraswati, and he really loves Saraswati. Oh. Mm-hmm. And you're bringing the children together. with you now, or, or is it always just one month by yourself with the... It was only one month by myself because it was complex, you know, to bring the children, and, and I would rather have them all together in one place, <laughs> ah, like yeah, yeah. less variables. Because yeah. if I would take some of them, the other ones would get angry. And, you know, it was just because we were all like, you know, really close to each other. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a, a really fast month. You know, we usually take my, my birthday month, which is January. Yeah. When everything was more settled at home, like they were like, they were sad that I would come to India. They were like, oh, you always going to India. And I, yeah. and I was saying, you come with me one Baby, don't worry. You'll come with me. No, and I kept my promise. All of them, the only ones have been. Yeah. To India. Yes. Two of them to Mysore. <laughs> I, I just, I want to ask you because my, my competitive jealousy is just going through the roof right now. I'm just like losing. Am I not only have you been in the foreign service, which I wanted to do, and you've been a lawyer, which I always wanted to do from when I was a child, and you're an accomplished musician, which I've Well, I always wanted to be a painter. Um, I'm I'm not very good at that. And then then there's the, um, then you've, you've finished advanced series with one month trips. Like, do you feel like, because Harmony and I, we would go for months and months and months, six months trips and get nothing. And then, like, you're going, do you feel like they treated you a little differently? Like, they always made sure to give you a couple postures no matter what. Did did you feel special treatment? Not at all. Not at all. Actually, Sherat kept me in one posture, like, for nine years. What? (laughs) (laughs) What posture was that? What, it, what was, um, it was the arm balances. I mean, he would never uh, move me. I had to pour Namasindras and I was just there like, you know. Yeah. And up until today, he makes me do all second series and all third series together. Wow. He, never, he never split me. He never. Still? <laughs> Still, I'm like, I'll give up. I said, okay, he wants me to warm up with second and just, there's a reason. I don't know why, but, you know. Yeah. He knows. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> no special God. treatment, Russell. No, no, no. So all of second, all of third. Yeah, that's been my wow. practice. Wow. Since that's really old school. That's nice. Since 2009, yeah. 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 I remember like people complaining about, you know, um, you know, they had to do all the way to Titi Vasana before they split. And I was like, but I was, you know, I had to go all the way to Karinda Vasana. But you're doing like, you're doing all of it. That's like, fantastic. 
And actually, my body needs it, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need to do the whole second so I feel, like, ready to go into that turmoil. <laughs> yeah. Did, did, you, did you get a trip where, like, he gave you, like, ten postures, anything like that? or to Because to, you had to catch yeah. up with these nine years. Yeah, and in those nine years, I had three babies. So that yeah. was the hard part. That was the hard yeah. part because every pregnancy would completely take me to zero to square one Mm. (laughs) oh my god that was such a you know intense practice of detachment yeah and and i could feel you know the body was also changing because uh it's different to have babies when you're 20 than when you're 40 it's just completely different Mm -hmm. and and then the body was mushing and i could feel less strength and at the same time i was enjoying my practice more Mm. which is very interesting because the mind Mm. was also relaxing you know it's not so much like get it one more posture you know it's Mm. yours now it's just like okay one less one less one less all gone yeah yeah nothing yeah wow it it actually prepared me for all the transformation that was coming my way which i Mm. had the letting go and the releasing completely completely. Mm. how did you build your practice back up each time Hmm. Wow, it was very, it, it was very, how can I say, like, mm, it, it was more about Sharad believing that I could do it mm-hmm. than me believing that I could do it. Right. <laughs> because I, I used to just go back to Mysore and say, well, if he's admitting me in the school, because he probably sees something in me that I don't see. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, I think it was in 2016. I was there in January, as usual, and it was my birthday, which is on the 19th. And I went into the shala, and, and the spot that opened was right in front of his chair. And I said, <laughs> okay, here we go. You know how the spot <laughs> is, you know, with that yeah. thing in front of you and for all the yeah. unbalances, and, I, and his eyes on you like an eagle. And I was, okay, this is a birthday present. <laughs> and then at the end, he comes and he he would always come and, and do the chakra pandasana at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I come up from the back from bends. the back bend, yeah. he tells me happy birthday. Oh that day I, I felt my heart explode. I just said, you know, yeah. how in the world he knew it was my birthday? I didn't tell anyone. It was just very strange. So I felt really like he was always holding space for me to mm-hmm. do what I could. Mm-hmm. And that really took a lot of pressure out that I had to, like, you know, be as as I used to be before the pregnancies. And I was just doing the best that I could mm-hmm. with, with the transforming, you know, yeah. circumstances. It, it sounds like, too, you didn't put a lot of pressure on yourself to, like, get back to anywhere, but that you had a very sort of gradual... Um, kind approach to yourself and that it was more just sort of his encouragement that helped you to keep going i think it was like a seasoning like a marinating of my mind you know because i used mm. to come from this very competitive lawyer's mind you, know, you right. have to do it right you have to do it first you have to do it fast mm-hmm. and that started changing with the pregnancies as well because the pregnancies were completely out of control it was like 
with my first kids, you know, the pregnancy was really fast. The births were super like natural, nothing. Boom, boom, pa. Yeah. And with the second generation batch. of babies, it second was batch. hot. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> One more coming. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I cannot have any more babies. I actually asked my husband to, to, to do the vasectomy. I was like, you know, uh-huh. you're going to kill me. Let's stop this. <laughs> this is not sane. <laughs> it is really like overpopulating the world. It was not my intention ever. <laughs> yeah, but that's each a- each one of my children is so how can I say is so geared through to spirituality mm. that you know there was like a a huge demand for a a yogini mom. That's the only answer I yeah. have. Just, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they say, um, like, I know in India, they believe that it's part of, especially if you are a spiritual person with a spiritual practice, a practitioner, that it's part of your duty to have children because Mm. we need to bring more good into the Mm. world, you know? Until one of them (laughs) solves the population problem. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) How did your final baby come along, Mariella? Oh, wow. Matthias is very special. Yeah, but my, Matthias was a C-section, you know, because the pregnancy with Theo, with the the sixth one, was very, mm-hmm. very uh, intense on my body. So right. my hip was hurting a lot. And, and with Matthias, I could not squat. So they had to do a, mm. a C-section, which was very painful and very complicated Did you squat? for me. Did you squat with the other ones, with the other five? Oh, six? yeah, of course. Wow. Like squatting out. And have you heard about these stories about an Indian woman? And she starts with the contractions in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And she quietly goes to the river, has the baby, cuts the cord, and comes back to the tribe. And everybody's like, yeah. And she doesn't even wake up the husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. That's, that's, that's something from my grandmother's at one day. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep is very important. That's my <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> wow. And so yeah. you did you do that? You didn't do that by yourself <laughs> in the river in Costa Rica, did you do that? No, no, I did not. But you know, the thing is that, like, for, with Ariel, the, my son, that he's uh, uh, he's really into Ashanga and climbing and all this. I didn't want to go to the hospital. I wanted to have the baby at home. And at the mm-hmm. end, you know, my mom took me in the car and said, you're going to the hospital because, and Ariel was born, you know, like in the stairs of the hospital. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. Oh, she was but, coming. <laughs> but they were really healthy uh, mm-hmm. pregnancies and, and births, you know, really like my body was very like synced. Mm-hmm. But with the... Um, the second batch, it was harder. It was harder. My body was not responding as fast. And, you know, the recovery was, you know, yeah. slower. And it, yeah. Yeah, it just showed wow. me a lot of humility. You know, not, not saying, like, this is going to, I'm going to control it. It was, it was getting out of control. Actually like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I, I, think, I think people at home need to kind of have a picture in their mind of, we're not dealing with like a like a six foot four German woman with massive like like a massive cow hips, are we? Like we're dealing with like like five a small four. five four like a mountain girl, right? Fifty like kilos, a, yeah. Yeah, like indigenous mountain woman who is like very small person. Very small. Yeah, yeah, and it's 
And the babies, how how much do the babies weigh when they're born? Like oh, no, the 12 babies pounds, were nine 13 pounds. pounds. They were oh, my God. <laughs> oh. I tell you, they're all very tall, and the older ones, they're super handsome. And yeah, they're babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, so the seventh one should have killed you. you know. yeah. Luckily, no. <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. It's an auspicious number at any rate. Yeah. God, <laughs> God's grace. Yes. But that's, I mean, it's it's amazing to recover your practice after giving birth naturally. Um, oh, yes. But it's, it takes even more time when you have a cesarean. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And, and, yeah. and I used to, like, judge a lot, you know, the women that would choose a C-section instead of having the birth. And then after that C-section, <clears throat> I said, you know, this is super heavy, super intense. And, you know, because they actually cut your bandas. They cut yeah. your nadis. They cut everything. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt a lot of compassion and, and say, you know, if, if the baby is born... It's, it's fine, you know. However, right. the baby mm-hmm. wants to come. It's fine. There's no judgment. Yeah. It's it's perfect. It's yeah. I had um a few students who have had multiple C sections, mm-hmm. and um and it's and then they start practicing yoga like much later in their lives, mm-hmm. but it's because of the nerve damage. It's been really like a challenge to connect to that lower Udiana Bandha and to really oh. have to. <laughs> like focus your mind and try and recreate those neural connections to that mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Did you yeah, find that, that, it, that you had to really focus on that again? You know, I, I feel like I never went back to, to my, you know, highest point. That's how mm. I feel. And it's been really good for me because <laughs> there, there was something about, you know, achieving, you know, and, and, and performing and, and that's yeah. not what practice is. Practice is, is you know, it's a, it's a sanctuary. It's, you come to practice however you're feeling, however you do the best you can. And and it's good. It's the breath. It's life. It's, it's the connection with your teachers. It's, it's just the gratitude for being alive. And, and, and that softened the edge a lot. And, and hmm. Even though it was hard in the beginning, you know, because you know, I had like this expectation about how I should practice. Right now, I, I basically, you know, do what I can, and, and in this pandemic, you know, the practices really suffer. I think in all of us. Yes, <laughs> yes. Everything that's happening, my God, is so heavy, mm-hmm. neurologically and, and biologically, and yeah, and it's good. It's 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 what is happening. <laughs> Mm-hmm. One of uh, Harmony's students, in fact, is is my mother, who works with um, oh, with Harmony religiously. Oh, and my mom also had the the um, the cesarean for both my brother and I. Oh. And I would say, from what her way she described it, it's because of her anxiety that she just she said to me, "I I couldn't face it." I I thought there's no way this is going to happen, and so she couldn't, you know, emotionally let go into the experience mm. and so she it had to the they had to do the, the cutting like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she said that um well now she has what's what's really common i think for for women in their in their 70s maybe she says she has the leaky old woman syndrome mm. <laughs> you know she just you know she yeah, the prolapse of the of the bladder yeah yeah and okay. she just leaks you know uh, urine all over the house like that mm. you know <laughs> Um, and she said, no, it's my mother. I can say that. And and she, um, 
she said she's been working with Harmony now, what, six months? A year? A year. Just over a year. Just over a year. She said to you recently that it stopped. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so wonderful. Isn't that amazing that she said that she's now... Um, able to, she has a pelvic floor now, which she's never had before. And it's, it's, she's, she's controlling it. And, um, yeah. All is coming. Yeah. All is coming. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> you know, those muscles down there in a woman are, are so amazing. They, they really yeah. like get back, but you, you, you need to work with them. It's like, instead of punishing yourself or like judging yourself, you know, we, we women, we do a lot. Of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Too much. <laughs> Too much. Yeah. It's just, yeah. he's so grateful because, uh, you know, just, just the possibility of, of bringing a life into this world is such a miracle. Like, mm-hmm. the more I, I think about my children, the more I realize, oh my God, you know, I, I actually, I don't deserve all these graces. <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> it's like, and I tell you, when I was a kid, I never wanted to have babies. Yeah, <laughs> it was not in my plans. It was just like, oh, no. <laughs> who would have thought? That? Yeah, well, you're a pretty free spirit, and I think it yeah. feels like, like you, when you become a mother, you uh, have to give up your freedom in a sense, you know. Well, those are all the patterns, you know, that that I'm starting to to mm. break in my own society because yeah, yeah there was like a a patriarchal vision that the mother had to be home and. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're a professional mother, you, you, you have to do both, you know, mm-hmm. like you have to go out into the world, you know, pursue your thing, bring the finances, you know, support the home and, and also be present. So yeah, it's quite, it's like, it's like a paradox, you know, because yeah. breaking all those patterns bring, at least in my, in my, in my culture, brought a lot of like consequences. But let's. I'd like to to explore that a little bit. It's it's not as funny a conversation. So um, <laughs> forgive me if I switch tone. But um, I at, at a certain point, and I think this is maybe where your problems or your issues now have have arose. Um, you were offered the the ambassadorship from Costa Rica to to India. Is that correct? How did that happen? That was so um, out of the blue. That's all I can tell you. But that was the moment that I truly understood why I had become a lawyer and why I had the academic profile Mm. that was needed Mm -hmm. to be able to, uh, you know, to to be an ambassador. It's like some people think that an ambassador is just anyone that goes, you know, that has political connections and and no actually like you were saying you know you need to do a lot of studies you need to do a lot of tests and you need to have in my country at least you need to be a lawyer Mm -hmm. and have at least two master's degrees wow or be an economist or have studies in diplomacy and you know it has you you need to come to from an academic background and Mm -hmm. i always said to myself you know this was a waste of time i should have studied physical therapy or something that was more in, in sync with yoga and it when they offered me that uh, but, but who did how did that happen the minister of foreign affairs in my country he knew about you he knew about me he knew that i loved india that's mm. what he knew about me and, and we were uh, friends in law school uh, okay yeah okay. amazing and he knew that i 
you know, that I had my, my academic background, but he also knew that there was something in me about India. And actually, when he wrote me, I remember I was in Mysore. And he oh my goodness. wished me happy birthday. And he said, you know, when are you coming back? I want to speak to you. And, and that's how it happened. But it was so out of the blue, and it really, like, blew my mind. It was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Now I get to do what I like in the country that I love and, and mm-hmm. represent my country that I love. Yeah. And it was bringing together a lot of my, my, my personal values and, and social values about democracy and environment and, you know, peace and all that. And so you had to move to New Delhi to do that and go and, and yeah. you went to the consulate and lived there, the embassy. To the embassy. Wow. Yeah, well, actually, you know, the ambassadors, we get offered a lot of good, it's a good deal, you know, because they offer you, you can bring all your stuff from the home, you know, to your home here. You can bring two nannies for your children. You can bring all your children. You can bring, you know, it, it was a good wow. thing. Yeah. And when I accepted, I say, you know, I have three babies that would love to see where mama is going every year. <laughs> that was my thing. Yeah. I want to take them to India. I want them to see the country to understand what I what I love and that was my main uh, purpose and I arranged everything you know I got them their diplomatic passports their visas and everything before I left but I told the father you know uh, I want to go first and I want to pick up the house and and I want to pick up the school and so Mm -hmm. when they arrive everything is settled because it's a new city I have never been to New Delhi actually I always flew to Bangalore and then you know, mm-hmm. I went to Rajasthan and a little bit up but Delhi was always like a you know transit yeah. I want to explore the city and when I arrived in New Delhi first of all I didn't have any help in the embassy right because it was an embassy that had been neglected for six years because oh, no wow. one in Costa Rica wanted to be ambassador in they always say it's dirty, it's horrible, you get sick, <laughs> you get raped. Actually, I remember I was like in a meeting once in the, in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Costa Rica. Yeah. And someone comes and says, who is the next ambassador in India? I heard they named him. And I turn around and I go, no, it's me. What? You're a woman. Are you crazy? You cannot go there. Oh my goodness. It's dangerous. It's like, I go, don't worry. I know the country. I love that country. I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was super fine because New Delhi is one of the, of the most, um, how can I say it, in diplomacy. It has like 200 missions from all over the world. It's very yeah, wow. rich in diplomatic life. Right. So it was an amazing job. You know, so many people from all over the world, so many cultures, so many friends, so many. It was incredible. I was very happy, even though I was overloaded with work because I had no consul mm-hmm. and I had no, like, uh, it's, it's a charged affairs. Is the, the, the person that gets in charge of all the economical and cultural. Like, I had to do everything. Mm-hmm. 
But wow. the problem yeah. was that uh, in April, I arrived in March 2017, and in April, the temperatures went all the way to 52 degrees. Yeah. yeah. That's a little oh. And I was, what is this hell? I have never been in such <laughs> heat. <laughs> oh, my God. Because Mysore, it was always nice. You know, in January, it was mm. super fresh. Yeah, yeah. Not 118 oh degrees. <laughs> And then I fell sick from the stress and from the yeah. heat, and I ended up in a surgery in the hospital. Surgery? And all the plans, yeah, like an emergency surgery. I was hemorrhaging like crazy. <gasps> oh, where? Where from? from? <laughs> where from? <laughs> from yeah, the feminine hemorrhaging, Russell. <laughs> feminine uh-huh. hemorrhaging. Oh, oh good yeah. God. Wow. I got oh, a, a really crazy Lord. hormonal disbalance. And, no, I ended yeah. up in surgery, and, and then I realized that there was no way I could bring my kids to a, to such harsh climate conditions and also with a mother that was overloaded. Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And okay. that's where my, my dream fell to pieces because I really, really wanted them to come. And, and it was yeah. just heartbreaking for me. And, and I know it was for them because they were waiting. They were super excited to yeah. come and everything. But I spoke to the father and I said, you know, I'd rather break my own heart than have them here in, in conditions that are not the best for them. Mm-hmm. And anyways, I was a political ambassador, so I knew my tenure would only be of one year and a half maximum because the government was changing. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I, I decided to. And how old were your, your youngest children at the time? Yeah, Matthias was seven, Theo was eight, and Gael was ten. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just as, as an aside, I don't know if this will make it into the podcast, but um, you know, recently the um, the Haitian uh, president was assassinated, hmm. and what the uh, the mercenaries there was twenty five of them. Hmm. Um, they they kind of held up in a um, in a warehouse and were in a firefight with the police, but um, eleven of them escaped, and. I don't know if they had inside information, but what they did is they climbed the walls of the Taiwanese embassy that was nearby. Oh, my God. And they slept in the yard of the Taiwanese embassy because they wow. knew they'd be safe there. I was, wow. I was just thinking about that just now. Like, can you imagine waking up to that and going really? to work and having all of these mercenaries in your, in your Costa Rican embassy? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, the good thing about Costa Rica is that, you know, we are so friendly and we have no army. We're kind of like, I don't think anybody wants to fight with us. Okay. <laughs> Similar to Taiwan that way. Then. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. so you're, um, forgive me, so you're in... Um, you're in New Delhi in the embassy, and you did you start having some issues with the father... And, and it developed into a, no, a worse problem. No, 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 it was very, it was very like lawyer's mind. You know, before I came here, we created like a whole a legal agreement about all the expenses of the children, who would pay this, who would pay that, their vacation, mm-hmm. their, everything was planned to the T. Okay. So no, everything was good. I was sending money to, to the schools every month. I was sending him money. Everything was just like, and in the agreement, it said that as soon as I go back, the children go back to me because I had the 
the, the custody of the kids. Yes. Okay. So, so the marriage had the second marriage with this younger man had all, with mm -hmm. who was from Costa Rica. This had already kind of dissolved. Yeah, its end, yeah, it had it had dissolved because he had an idea of a, of a mother of his children uh, who would be like with his wings, her wings clipped at her. Uh, and I yeah. was not that. That's bad. not I you, was, though. No, not at all. And in the beginning, I, I thought he understood, you know, who I was because he came with me to India four times, and and mm -hmm. he understood my, you know. And, and then when they gave me the, the the ambassadorship, also I said, you know, I want to bring the kids. You know, they need to see the world. They need to learn a new language, be exposed to a new culture. And he was, yeah, fine. I, I agree. No problem. You take them. He was super open. And then during my tenure, it was good. I would go to the children when I had vacations. I went like three or four times and mm -hmm. say, you know, don't worry. I'm going to be back soon. And of course, they were like, don't go, don't go. We don't want you to go. But I say, you know, it's a sacrifice for a certain period of time, but I'll be back. And mm -hmm. This is the date that I'm coming back. And that's what I did. Okay. So it came out very suddenly. It was not something that I was expecting at all. No, I, I gather all my stuff, you know, to go back to Costa Rica. I was very like, I was saying goodbye to India with, with a lot of pain in my heart because I already had uh, my boyfriend here, mm -hmm. but I said, no, you know, I have my children there. I have my family there. I have to go back. Actually, my mm -hmm. boyfriend went with me because he wanted to meet my family and the children, mm -hmm. but he was to come back and. And we were going to separate, and I was, I don't know what would have happened with the relationship, you know, that <laughs> we were not thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, this huge, like, I don't know how to say, you know, have you heard about acid attacks here in India? <laughs> oh, sure, very, like dowry uh, attacks, something like that. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what it was for me. It was an acid attack. Because I remember metaphorically, the last you time, had an acid attack from yes, the ex-husband. Yes. What happened? Just like two days before he he actually like gave me the how do you say that the supina? That's how you call it. Oh, yes, yeah. supina. Yeah. yeah. Yes. We were in Starbucks and we were talking and you know talking about the kids and you know it in, was very in friendly. India. No, in Costa Rica. I in Costa Rica, back. you were at the Starbucks yeah. in Costa Rica, and yeah. super friendly. And he hugged me at the end. I was like, okay, cool. See you next week. It was like I had no clue mm. that this uh, cobra was coming up. I had no clue. So it was very shocking. It was it was very traumatic. He gave you the subpoena himself? No, no, of course not. He. He took the kids to the beach and then he disappeared for nine days and it was very, very hard because what they wanted was to pressure me so I would sign him the custody. That right. was his plan. Mm -hmm. And of course I say, you know, everything you're saying is, is a lie. I'm a, I'm a very good mother. Uh, mother, I was working. You know? mm -hmm. and we had an agreement and I was working and that's why I was not with the kids, but you know, I love them. I used to speak to them every week. I used to send the money. I was really looking forward to going back mm -hmm. and that's that's how it came like an acid attack that's how i wow. describe wow so wow. It was so hard that uh, for nine days you know I, I consulted with my lawyer and then we started and my lawyer said you know there's something wrong here because this process started eight months ago 
Right. How come they never told you? They knew you were the ambassador. There's mm-hmm. something tricky here. And that was the first big legal, uh, you know, like fault. And then the second one does, was that the judge, which was a woman, mm-hmm. gave the kids to the father temporarily, and he didn't even hurt me. Oh. There should be a hearing, you know, for the mother to, to defend herself and say, wait, what's happening? Mm-hmm. The kids were given to the father temporarily, and it's been three years that the kids have been with the father temporarily because, wow. you know, it's been so slow with the process and especially with the pandemic, everything went Of in. course, right. Are you, do you have visitation rights or you, that is not allowed either? Yeah, I had two days of visitation a month, which for me was absolutely unfair. Yeah. yeah. That's why I said, no, I, I, I'm not bending to this. This is not... Fair. This is not. I just came back from working. I was like in a uh, diplomatic mission representing the country. You know, this is. It was not that I was like you know in vacations. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I was the ambassador of the country. Hello, <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's when I decided to. No, I'm going to fight. I'm not going to give up the kids that easy. And, mm-hmm. and then my boyfriend said, "You know, you're getting depressed because I was. I was like." I stopped eating, I stopped sleeping, I, I was completely, because I was in the house, and the house was empty. Right. Yeah. I was crying, like, non-stop, I was like, no, he said, you know, you come to me, come to, come for Christmas, he said, on your birthday, mm-hmm. and then we'll figure out what to do. And the lawyer was saying, you know, we're doing everything we can, and it was too slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it was heartbreaking. I, I just took a few pieces of, you know, of clothes and I just came because I was thinking of going back, you know, like mm-hmm. three months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized that, you know, even though I was going to be in Costa Rica, I was not, not going to be allowed to see the children. Mm-hmm. I said, no, no I'm not going to go there. It's like, it's too... How can I say when, when, when someone sucks your energy, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I say I need to stay in a place that strengthens me. Yeah. I need to be close to my guru. I need to be in a place where I feel safe mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm going to fight from India. And that's what I've been doing for the past almost thousand days. <laughs> you know, it's been three yeah. years. Then COVID happened also, and you couldn't leave uh, India at all. Uh, and then COVID <laughs> happened. Then when I, everything got out of whack for all yeah. of so like, uh, yes, it was just like, yeah. it's been very crazy. And at the same time, like I was telling you, it's been very enlightening for me. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It has put all my attachments, you know, on hold. Mm-hmm. It has brought me so much uh so much love from India. India really embraced me. I mean, I have a new family here in India. Mm. My husband and I thought my sisters-in-law, like very mm-hmm. loving people, very supportive, very mm. like, um, very warm. Mm-hmm. Something I never anticipated. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I could, I went back to Mysore, of course, to practice with Sharat in 2019. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't know what was happening, what was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And are you able to speak with your children, like over 
Skype or online? Well, what happened is that after uh, a year and a half of legal battle, mm-hmm. the judge finally granted me a, a, a weekly call on Wednesdays. Oh, good. So she granted you a phone call? A phone call, yes. Because I was saying, you know, I have visitation rights, so I should be able to speak to them twice a week. No, but the father was saying, no, 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 you come back here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you come back here. And then the judge finally, in May 2020, gave me that weekly call. Wow. And we did the calls for two months, and then the children started saying that they didn't want to speak to me. And yeah. Of course, there's a lot of, you know, they're, they're going through their own, like, dynamics there with the father. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been almost yeah. one, one year that I don't speak to them. Not that I don't want to speak to them. Of course, mm-hmm. I want to. But yeah. they're, they're living with only half version of what is happening. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're being coached, we say. They're being very, very much coached. And I realize that that is happening not only to my children, it's happening to a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. And a lot of children all over Latin America. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure in other parts of the world also, but in Latin America, it's so devastating. It's really like the the legal system is actually supporting all these cases of separation of, of children from living parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, wow. it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely shattering. I mean, I never felt... I felt like dead, you know, that's, that's the mm-hmm. only time in my life where I felt really like, like I wanted to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I could not even go to my mat. <laughs> I was just like yeah. laying in bed and my, my husband was, you know, feeding me and you know, hugging me. And I was like, this is so wrong. This is mm-hmm. so wrong. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing that is, is legal. <laughs> yeah. That is wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I remember Mahatma Gandhi saying, when, a, 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 when some law is unfair, you should not obey it. And that has been my inspiration. Civil uh, disobedience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Civil disobedience. Because it's, it's, you cannot bend your, your head to something that is clearly, uh, I, don't, I, I would use the word corrupted. Because mm-hmm. as a lawyer, I know the... The legal uh, protocol was not respected. Mm-hmm. So that is my that is my yoga of action now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, it's amazing. Today we receive a very good, very good news from the legal process. Tell us. <laughs> Just before our podcast. So mm-hmm. it's moving very slowly, but I know that it's moving in the right direction and maybe this case of mine will create a president in costa rica so no other child has to go through this no other mother or father has to go through Mm. what was the good news that you received maybe you can't uh, talk about it yeah it's it's you know the the joint custody in costa rica is something that has never been heard you know Mm. it's it's either or right i i want to go for joint custody so yeah. there's like a, how can I say in the in the judge there's like an opening, the mm-hmm. joint custody may be considered, and what I'm asking for is joint custody in two countries, right? Which will allow the children to 
to have access to to their mother in India and to their father in Costa Rica. And this would, you know, children in these times they're global. Children. They are. They are. Yeah. So much exposure to everything and. Mm-hmm. So, do, yeah. do you imagine the children flying to India uh, regularly, or how do you? The joint custody is six months, six months, or two weeks, two weeks. Wow, you know we have not gotten to the details because yeah. it will come in the moment, and now on top with all these COVID restrictions and everything. But I hope you know that. Uh, the agreement will benefit the children. Even mm-hmm. if they cannot be with me, like for the six months, six months or whatever, even if they can be with me two months uh, and then one month, the half of the year, mm-hmm. it's, it's giving them the possibility mm-hmm. yeah. of, of, of having relationship with their mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and That's their right. I mean, it's like they are right to both parents. Mm-hmm. And how did you finally come back to your practice? How did you get up the energy oh. to do this this big thing that you have to do? And like, and how has it supported oh you God. through this? <laughs> well, the first thing that happened is that uh, when my husband said that he, he he would feel safe if we would get married, and mm-hmm. and that way I, I didn't have to worry about papers or visas or. Right. So we decided to get married, and then some friends in Mumbai invited me to teach, like a, you know, like a fundraiser, and that was my first teaching experience. After all that trauma, and mm-hmm. it was very beautiful. You know, I felt so happy, and the people were so sweet, and, I, and my heart felt so open. Mm. And then some of my students in Spain and Italy then invited me for three months in in, in Europe. And so we went for three months, and I taught eleven workshops in Italy and in Spain. And, wow! And that really, like, wow! It was just I received so much love. I have so so much gratitude for all of them. Mm-hmm. I was in Malaga, in Canarias, in Rome, in Torino, in Milano, in Puglia. in Florence. It was just incredible. Finally, in Mallorca and Ibiza. <laughs> Mm. And that trip really like took me out of. I snapped mm. out of that because mm-hmm. oh. I was really like gloomy. It never happened to. I was even thinking of medicating myself. Right. Oh, yeah. After those trips, and then I went to Shiraz, and mm-hmm. then I started really feeling like, okay, I can yeah. do this. Like, mm. like one it's, breath at a time. Mm. It's interesting, you know. The, the special numbers, you know, the seven children, it, it reminds me of the Guruji would always say that uh, family life is the seventh series. Yes. And if you can manage the, the, the family life, this is, yeah. this is harder than all of the previous six series that can be done. And for, uh, with my, my impression of, of Guruji, and I want to ask you if it's the same, is, is it that... The practice of yoga, of Ashtanga yoga, in the, in in that room that mm-hmm. he was teaching, was less so about like achieving enlightenment in that room uh, or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. in this room we're going to teach you about the drive and will to live, mm-hmm. and if you can endure this, and in a you know, and it was a safe space for me personally. But if mm-hmm. you can endure this 
then you will have the the drive to persevere, the, the will to live. And being able to do that, you can handle anything, you know, which is mm-hmm. the family life, enlightenment, happiness, all those things are coming because mm-hmm. you, you can just continue. Mm-hmm. Is, is that something that, that, uh, that resonates with you personally? Is that mm-hmm. what you think of as the practice or is, is there something that I'm missing in it? I think you're totally right. And, it's it's about like building a foundation or at least that's how it's been for me building a foundation like like putting money in the bank you know like putting mm-hmm. money in the back every day and even if you pull two tiny cents every day and then at some point in life you need to withdraw because there's an emergency mm-hmm. yeah and i do believe that that's that's what bounced me back because if mm-hmm. i had not had those years of practice behind me and all the you know the yamas and the yamas and the and the Gita and the chanting with Jayashri and uh, the sutras and I don't think I would have survived this this wave. It was mm. it was so huge and devastating because it took all my life away. I mean, it took my studio, took my older kids away, took my home, took my car, it took my cat, it took my children that I love, it took my parents, mm. my friends. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a massive, like, okay, you need to let go. It's not here. It's there. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. in the East. Yeah. It's not here. You're not meant to be here anymore. Something is shutting down here. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, shutting. it's so scary. It's just really like, oh my God, but I just got back. What is going on? Yeah. There's yeah. There's no way to rationally understand it. But mm-hmm. the wisdom of the body takes the heat. And my experience has been that it can heal itself. You know, it takes the bullet. Mm-hmm. But somehow, you know, with all these practices that we have received and all these teachings, that is pure grace. Wow, it is a miracle of healing. Mm-hmm. Not, not that the... The pain is not there because the pain is there always. It's like when when you lose someone, mm-hmm. someone dies, you always miss them and you always like think about them. But there's there's hope. There's this feeling of like, okay, I, I'm walking my talk. Mm-hmm. I will not bend to an unfair law. Civil disobedience. This is my track. I don't know why, but this is where you put me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'll do my best. Yeah. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. I want to thank you very much for coming on and, and sharing your story. I know that you're you're still really very much in the, in the the thick of your story in the the, the midst of it. And mm-hmm. but it's it's very inspiring to hear your your will to to continue. Wow. You know, I don't think it's my will. I don't think it's my. I don't. I don't think I. I was left with nothing. Mm. I think it's some grace moving through me, through through our guru. That, that's the only explanation I have because, like this coming Saturday, we have a, a, a led class with him in in Asia. You know, and I'm so happy just to be with him online. It's like 
I do that class at four in the morning here in India, and, and, and that gives me for the next three months. <laughs> no, it's 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 putting money in the bank. It's just go go go, and, and receiving and knowing he's there, that he's waiting for us, and that you know he's missing us too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just like what a what a gift, you know. To, and lately, you know, I've been researching a lot about uh, Vedic astrology because I really wanted to understand mm-hmm. what had happened in our karmas, in our family karmas and everything. And I can see Sharat in my chart. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> this was like there all the time and I had no idea. Wow. So it's, it's, it's so beautiful at the same time. Because in in this turmoil that we're all going through, in this new world that we're living, you know, everything feels so uncertain. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we we want to check out or we want to compensate, or and, and it's it's actually very wrong. It's actually very very intense for everyone. You know, there's a lot of mental issues going on, and and we are so blessed with practice it's, it's it's simple it's do it you know mm-hmm. you come you do it you take practice shanti is coming <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think this the last couple of years with the pandemic it's it's um you know our bodies really hold a lot of our unconscious or unprocessed thoughts mm-hmm. and emotions and and you feel it and you feel that heaviness or you feel that resistance. And uh, I'm curious, like, you know, how how you've experienced that in your own practice through the last couple of years. Wow. You know, it's like, I think I've experienced like pieces of my heart breaking. Mm-hmm. But I never had my whole heart shattered, like from a bazooka. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and the feeling of 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 moving on in life, and and, and feeling that like blast, you know, it is it, it's so devastating for the personality, mm-hmm. which I now consider really really like good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in the moment, it was just like. It was really like an. I felt I was not able to cope, mm-hmm. and yet there was something holding me because you know I was here in India. I had my husband taking care of me. I had my my, my new family surrounding me with love and mm-hmm. the support of my parents in Costa Rica and my older children as well. Mm-hmm. And I could feel the love, in, in, even though I had no heart, and then. This little tiny heart has started growing and, and it's been so beautiful. It's like a little tiny seed that has nothing to do with the previous one. Mm-hmm. And I feel I've been reborn. That's, that's the only way I can explain it, by mm-hmm. the grace of the gods, because I had nothing to do with it. I was not, not able. I was... Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. And I love that, you know, it's sometimes I think after having children, you feel that a little bit too, this Mm -hmm. complete sort of loss of your past self, your past life, and and really truly your heart gets reborn in a sense with your child and you enter a new life and a new Mm -hmm. stage and... 
Yeah, you you are a mother, you know, like having our children in the world is having our heart walking. Yeah. Hmm. The yeah. world and and it's always so uncertain and it's always so it's actually risky and dangerous. Mm-hmm. You have to have your heart out there. Yeah. And at the same time is the is the is the experience of unconditional love in this human experience. Mm-hmm. So it's it's quite a paradox. It's it's, it's scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's for sure. And and learning to live your life like that every moment of your life. This has been the greatest teaching my children have given me. Mm-hmm. The loss of these three three babies. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's unimaginable. It's, 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 it's so deep and wow, it's like we are here for a little time and in this little time frame, mm-hmm. we can either open our heart fully and maybe God is so merciful that he blows our heart <laughs> so we can start understanding what this is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we're glad your story isn't over yet. And we're so grateful that you've oh, shared, you. shared it with us and blessed us with your, your heart of devotion and your love as well. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you. I feel it's like... Uh, we're all connected. Mm-hmm. We're all like, you know, we have our, our, our umbilical cords connected to, to, to the teachings of yoga. And, yeah. and if yoga has come to our lives, it's, it's because of a very good karma. Somewhere mm-hmm. there in the past, mm-hmm. <laughs> we did something good. And, and it's a precious gift. It's a, it's a precious, precious tool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to understand ourselves and, and understand the ups and downs and, and and also have more more patience and compassion for ourselves, you know, to instead of judging, I used to judge myself a lot and say, how could you be so stupid? How could this happen to you? You're a lawyer, you didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. How in the world you did not suspect anything? And now I say, you know, I could not see it because I would have never done it. Right. <laughs> Yeah. That makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe because of the yoga coming in my life, I would have never done this. Mm. Yeah. 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 yeah that's the, we can't that's, see. that's the mistake we make by being born. <clears throat> is that we, <laughs> we make, we make this choice to be born and then we, we must suffer all of these things that happen to us so that we can understand that, that living is bliss and that these tragedies are there to teach us that. Mm-hmm. And then we, we truly understand what a gift we have to experience suffering. It's, just, it's relentless, but it continues mm-hmm. and continues. And so we, we have to see that. I think that's, that's what yoga uh, theory, yoga, you know, the 1% has, has taught me. But you know, when, when I was in Italy in 2019, my mother really insisted that I would go to this church mm-hmm. with Padre Pio. And Padre Pio was this priest that had the stigmas in his hands. Oh, yeah. And I remember reading about him when I was a kid, and, and I, I wanted the stigmas. I wanted like a, <laughs> really, I wanted like a tangible experience that God was speaking to me and I was there. Yeah, and I would yeah. say, why I don't get the stigmas? And this broken heart is like a stigma. It's always bleeding. It's yeah. always reminding me, you know, stay grounded, 
stay Obviously. low, you know, don't think yourself you're better than anyone. It's like we're all going through the same experience in different colors and textures, mm. but it's all the same. We're like crunching this thing that says inside of us, I am the best, look at me, wow. Check me out. It's like <laughs> we're all these really vulnerable, like tiny you know, beings, and there's a soft voice inside of us that is guiding us. And for me, practice is about that. It's about like two hours in the day where I listen. And I say, okay, please, please tell me, what should I do today? <laughs> what is urgent? Where, where do you want me to place my attention? I'm listening. I'm available. <laughs> yeah, my mom used to always quote uh, Kahil Gibran, from the prophet mm-hmm. saying that pain is the breaking of the shell, which encloses our understanding. Oh, so yes. that's always sort of stuck with me. Totally. And also mm-hmm. your children are not your children. Yes. And your children are not your children. Wow. That's yeah. A, that's such that's a, a huge. <laughs> it is huge, huge right? <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. It's, uh, that's one of my all time favorite books. Mm-hmm. There's just so much. So much wisdom embedded mm. within those very simple lines of poetry. Yes, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's it's, it's learning to live with that wound. And yeah, like they say, you know, it's, it's it's through the wound that the light comes in. We yeah. cannot receive the light unless we are wounded. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and not being so scared is part of this experience. It's, it's really saying, you know, it's okay. I love my stigmas. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How would you say that in Spanish? Like the the stigmata, the stigmata, the stigma of uh-huh. the uh, of the heart. There, what? Do, how mm. would you say? Yes, you know, like uh, I think uh, Padre Pio had them also in his in his feet. Yeah, <laughs> it mm. was in his in his palms and in his feet, and and in Spanish. Yeah, we would call it herida abierta. It's like an open wound. An open wound. But it's actually like a blessing, you know. It's like somehow it's like being chosen to walk a path that is not like the regular path. It's it's, it's full of like obstacles. And I remember Richard Freeman used to say... uh, Obstacles are the bread and butter of Ashtanga Yoga. With his eyebrow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Obstacles. Yes. <laughs> and they so say good. maybe this is the soma that Richard was speaking of. Yes, yeah. it's the soma you're drinking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's <God>. true. <laughs> yes, find the sweetness. Within yeah. the bitterness of it all, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> find that you mm. know that 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 beautiful ambivalence, mm. this paradox of being spirits in a human body. Wow, yeah. that's that's the <laughs> right. It's that's tough. tough. It's one. rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh. yoga, yoga practice is is I think is the best way to integrate both worlds for both spirit and matter and and know that we're both you know it's like anything that we're doing is spiritual even like doing the dishes and here in Mm -hmm. india i I teach i 
I learned from my teachers, you know, from the maid, from the from the driver, because it's it's so chaotic. Yeah, <laughs> it's so random. It's so like you're like, what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, it's great because the the brain goes into flatline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the blessing of India for sure. Oh, you can't make yeah. sense out of anything. Well, exactly. out of a lot of things, maybe. <laughs> and then you learn to live in that, you know, sensation of yeah, total lack of control. It's like yes, lack of control, lack of explanation, lack of reason. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like kind of yeah, mm-hmm. sitting in that that space of awe or surprise. <laughs> but you, and at the same time, being held, it was just really weird. It's like you feel held, you feel yeah. love. And yeah. at the same time, everything is going nuts, like this way or that yeah. way. <laughs> and that's that's leading with the heart. And so you feel yeah. that. You feel that yeah. with, you know, meeting mm-hmm. meeting strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're leading with the heart. And sometimes we, we can forget to do that. And, in, in, um, in, you know, my own country, we're not leading with the heart when we meet other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Ramana Maharshi used to say, there are no others and... You know, I visited uh, Arunachala several times, and, and one mm-hmm. night I was doing the Parikrama around the mountain in mm-hmm. full moonlight. Mm. And, you know, I, I just, it was this, so many people and so chaotic, and, and this Shiva, like, fires everywhere, and this <laughs> moon, and I felt like I was in outer space. <laughs> and every time I remember that night, you know, it's like, here in India, they say that if you think of Arunachala, yeah, you find liberation just by thinking of this place, just by knowing that. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe it was the way life, you know, brought me back to to the place where I belong. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel so at home here. I feel so protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate. Mm-hmm. Mm, I miss India. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about Arunachala made me miss India even more. (laughs) Let's go there. Let's meet there. Let's let's meet there and go do that full moon. (laughs) Yes, yes. On Shivaratri. (laughs) It would be so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming and speaking with us, Mariella. It was thank truly you so an much honor. Thank you both of you. My mm-hmm. honor. And uh, I am so happy that we're connecting. And, and it was so beautiful last year, Harmony, with the, the events. And, and hopefully we'll have some more at the end of this year, you know, too. Yes. Yeah. It's been that, a year since the women of Ashtanga and the friends of Ashtanga yeah. event. That was very nice. They were so yeah, lovely. I was uh, very much a blessing to have been invited to the Friends of Ashtanga, and, oh. and I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to, to participate. You. Thank you for that. Yeah, it was Thank so nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to convince my husband because he's so busy always, but let's do that. <laughs> Maybe November, December. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. That would be nice, like an end-of-the-year gathering. <laughs> yes, yes, and also see how, you know, how are we, you know, because yes. it's so... It was so uplifting. I, at it least was. it was for myself to listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, could, no, it we was could really do, nice. We could do, we've done the, the women of Ashtanga, the friends of Ashtanga. We could do the night of the living dead of Ashtanga. <laughs> the white walkers. 
Yeah, the night walkers of Ishtanga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The walking dead of Ishtanga. That'd be good. We should do all of those. Yeah. The Game of Thrones of Ishtanga. The Game of Thrones yes. of Ishtanga. Yeah. yeah, the Targaryens of Ishtanga. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think we're getting too much into this technological thing. <laughs> Everyone's been binging out of too control. much TV. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. It would be uh, nice to be together again, you know, like hug each other and yes. have a conversation. Yeah, one day, hopefully. one day. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Yeah. Yes, hopefully soon. Okay. Adios, mi amiga. Muchas gracias. Saludos. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking